right. I'm hitting Good. record just to get the thing started. All right. Well, you guys want to just catch up a little bit, or you, do you want to just dive right into this? Uh, yeah, let's just dive into it. Which, which podcast are we on nowadays, John? I feel like uh, they're getting up there. We're about to break the Ford numbers, right? No, no. This is, this is number 40. <laughs> this is number 40. You're exactly right. We, we, have, we have broken into middle-aged podcasts. I like it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Okay. Weird. Well, now that was weird. So did, uh, did everything just stop for you guys? No. No. All right. So nope. my internet is wonky, which is weird because yeah, I'm plugged into a wall. Yeah, bad internet. Oh, Take it easy there, with... civilization. Man. Yeah. Uh, I'm streaming off of a cell phone, so this should be all pretty entertaining. That's crazy. All right. Well, I can't complain. Well, yeah, so so this is episode 40. Um, since the last time we caught up, a lot has happened, and so that's there's there's much to discuss. So so grid life happened. Tasso ran Relish Prince of Grid Life. Dussex, you drove in grid life. Uh, and then, Scotty, you trucked out to NASA. Uh, or sorry, tricked out to Utah to run in NASA at uh, Utah, Utah Motorsports Complex. So, so where do we want to start with all of this? What, what do you, what do we want to talk about first? Let's take the bandaid off and let's go straight to Utah. <laughs> let's okay. rip that bandaid. Right. Yeah. Right. So that was fun. Um, got there Friday night. We did a track walk and. Uh, Austin Kent, who's a TT3 driver who's just dominating out there, um, was actually on the track walk and shared tons of information, um, learned a, just a ton about the track, the, the, the kind of stuff you don't learn, you know, driving the track. So on the track walk, learned a bunch. Um, yeah, first session out, uh, I'd already picked up a, a second off my old personal best. Um, feeling real comfortable came back put on the a7s got prepped for session number two did a warm-up lap one hot lap and the basically the head started ticking um yeah uh basically the the, the motor's gone uh, okay <laughs> well so now now having pulled it back into the pits what did you discover that happened well, so it was really weird. There was absolutely no signs of anything being wrong with the car. Um, it was, it was just full blast, you know, all, all the way around the, the, the track. Um, once well, the it, head started ticking, I realized that the, the, I mean, the temperature was up at 248 degrees. There were cars behind me. Um, none of them backed off. None of them flashed lights. I never got a flag but I lost all the water in the car, um, ended up with the hole in the radiator, um, thinking that it just sprayed all that water out the front, then basically, I guess, evaporated coming back through the radiator. And there was absolutely no signs whatsoever. There was no reason for me to look at the temperature gauge because everything was running so well. Um, but when I got back to the pits, uh, trying to figure out what was going on, we were looking for holes in the block itself trying to figure out like what exactly happened. Um, and I started pouring water in the, 
the upper reservoir on the block and in the radiator itself actually saw um, water squirting out of the front of the radiator <laughs> from the rock. Um, and so basically I just, just knew that the radiator had gone and then I lost all the water. So uh, yeah, we pulled the oil last night and from all the water I poured in after we got back into the pits, uh, which was about a gallon, uh, that came out of the oil pan first before <laughs> any oil came out. And yeah, there's uh, there's chunks sitting in there. So yeah, like, yeah it's got it's gone. Like big chunk, big chunks. Big chunks. Not even yeah. like yeah, like I don't know where that came from. Pretty sure that you know, I mean, with the way it was ticking, either. You know, I, I uh, broke a valve or, or dropped a valve or, or and I'm pretty sure I melted through the, the, the ports, the passageways from oil to water because there's definitely a, a clear path for water to get into the oil now. A direct, um, direct path, yeah. Direct path, yeah. And uh, but so, yeah, I mean, time to rebuild. Um, and I may or may not have already found a new used long block for about 800 bucks. Nice. So I'm not sure what the time frame is on getting it. Uh, the, the guy I'm getting it from is going to be putting a, a new built long block in. So, um, yeah, we'll see what's going on from there. Hopefully I, can, the, I, don't, I don't miss too many sessions. The, um, so let's go back. So what was your previous best time before when you'd went out there? Was it a two eleven, or did you get down into the break into the teens or like it was a 10? It was a two Oh nine four was my okay. previous. So I, I knew personal best by exactly one second to a two Oh eight four. Nice. Um, it, it, it was, you know, there were TT four cars out there running two Oh sixes. Yeah. Um, that, so I'm more upset about the fact that I didn't get to put down the best lap I could because I know I, I mean, I left at least two, if not three seconds on the table out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Austin Kent said a new personal best out there at a two Oh three nine. Yeah. I saw that on the first day. Yeah. Dude, that, that is flying first session on the first day. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in, looking at that dude's car, it's definitely set up very well. I mean, I, I think Moton three ways on there, um, you know, fully stripped, caged, mm -hmm. amazingly prepped car. Um, but I know I shouldn't be that far behind him. So mm -hmm. it just, it sucks that I have to wait another year before I can go back for redemption again. I waited a whole year just to get there to have basically seven laps and lose a motor. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you uh, what do you have planned now? What's your class allow for modification? Are you going to stick with your whole low power, you know, kind of credo? Or yeah, I mean, I, is it time to turn it up a bit? I can't make any more than two eighty eight to stay in TT three, um, and that's still the plan. Um, I, I I still want to hunt down TT three lap records out here, um, so I'm not planning on turning the wick up at all you know I, I still want to stay stay right here um so interesting enough i'm talking with austin kent out there 
I was asking him about who holds the TT3 lap records at Utah. And the guy who set those also set those in 2015. One of the things that I didn't realize, because I'm chasing records set in 2015 also, the TT3 rules were different back then. It was actually 9.5 to 1. There wasn't an all-wheel drive restriction. I don't think you had the turbocharge uh, penalty. I guess it's not an all-wheel drive restriction, the all-wheel drive penalty. I don't think there was a turbocharge penalty, and so and 9.5 to 1. So Austin was saying that there's no way in hell that he can actually get those records, those TT3 records out there. I mean, it's a 2.023 in TT3. And he even tried to get them to reset the records for, you know, basically the new rules, and they told him no. So hmm. is now, that is your head weight based on just a peak number? It's just it's, I know it's an average. It's an average number. Um, okay. But then, basically, one of the penalties we get is on a Dino Dynamics or all-wheel dr- or uh, Dino Dynamics or Mustang Dino. They they must think that the correction factor is all wonky, and so they make you multiply your average horsepower times one point one, and that has to be your race power. So my 1.1 times 288 puts me at like 312, and that's my 10 to 1 power to weight ratio. So basically a a conversion for the fact – the assumption is is that a dyno dynamics or a Mustang dyno is going to read about 10% lower than like whatever their spec dyno is. Right. So, I mean, all in all, I think it's it's kind of a ripoff. I mean, I could go find another all-wheel drive dyno that's certified – that, that I don't have to take that penalty and actually make 312 to the wheels. But yeah, I don't know. I, the turbo averaging sucks too, because it's only three data points, whereas the normally aspirated cars are seven. Right. So the averaging, just to put it in the perspective, uh, we had a, a TT2 Dodge Viper out here and it's uh, it's average horsepower is 517 horsepower but it's peak horsepower is like 545. So like when you take those seven data points, man, it really squashes that, that power, that power band or all the average down a lot. I mean, it depends on how cars make power. Like the Subarus, you can make them, they can be peaky, but they can also be really flat too. So, I mean, it is what it is, but so what the, the context of my question was, was if you have an opportunity here to build for a flatter power curve, depending on where they pull those average points from, so it's, yeah, it's, it's peak, power. I think it's peak torque, and then it, isn't it 500 RPMs on either side of it? it I think peak, it's peak horsepower. Peak horsepower. Yeah. And, then, and then the, the 500 250. or 250 it's, on each side. Yeah, it's 250. But yeah. with that new VF48HS, it's a pretty flat power band up around there anyway. So I'm mm-hmm. not really losing anything from that. It's not like it, it, it's super peaky. Um, even when we turned it up to like the, the 346 horsepower map, it was still pretty flat around there. That's so good. Like with that, with that average, it's not like I would be, uh, I'm not losing benefiting much. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what did you guys do with the fuel stuff? Did you change anything in the fuel system and try and address the like cutout and stuff that it's been having? So we put it on the dyno. Harvey did pull after pull after pull noticed the cutout on the very first pull he did. He's like, Oh, there it is. And then spent the next 40 minutes trying to figure out why, 
and he couldn't. He was completely stumped. He ended up just turning the the front and rear fuel pump controllers to 100% all the time. And then he did seven more pulls and was like, yeah, it's not happening. You're all fixed. So somewhere in there, we still have no idea why. He's, he's never seen it. Um, I've talked to other people, said that they've never seen anything like that. But mm-hmm. just turning the fuel pump controllers all the way up seemed to fix the problem. Now, the weird thing is, is for the first three laps on my first session, I kind of had no power over 5,000, 5,500 RPMs. You'd mash the gas and it would like, the, the RPMs would pull up to about 50, 5,500 RPMs. And then it would just flatten out like there was no power. So I was short shifting around the, the, the track for the first three laps. And then all of a sudden, I had all the power in the world. It just it mm-hmm. revved all the way to red line. Um, and then I, so I never had any, any of the, the fuel cuts from there. So, but then again, I mean, it's hard to tell exactly if everything was fixed from seven laps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What it, about it is at least better than it's been in a long time. Yeah. Well, well not, it's really not bad anymore. right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was better until it isn't. Yeah. yeah. So and, what about the alignment on the car? I know you changed it. We talked about changing the front a little bit, right? I'm just curious to how, how you got it changed. Amazing differences there. So I went with the stock front sway bar and mm-hmm. added another uh, ship, I think, another degree of camber up front. So put it at five degrees of camber up front with the stock front sway bar. Didn't touch the rear turn and felt amazing. Like I didn't know what I was missing until, until I felt it, you know, and and you were basically just like, it's so numb on turning, you know, you're, you're, uh, you were talking about understeering that very first second on, on turning, you know, before it, it pushed for a second before and right. I didn't, I didn't even realize it. It like, I mean, it had felt great to me and I was just like, yeah, I don't know what, the, what he's really talking about, but fuck it. I'll try and change some <laughs> stuff up and, and see. And it, and it was amazing. Uh, so turn five at, at Utah, super, yeah. super tight, tight s- slowest corner on the track. And the turn in was just amazing. So yeah, I, again, more pissed that, the, the car was the car was set up and I could have I could have really gave Austin a run for his money I think and didn't yeah. get the chance to do it so and it's and it's just such a such a totally random occurrence I mean Scotty you were saying you you have not run like since since the car was a race car and you took the AC condenser out the radiator's been basically the first point of contact up there for for years now never had any issues and then here just a rock decides to just ruin your day and your weekend yeah and you you know i mean you get pelted with rocks on the track all the time you know if a car's in front of you you know it'll pop up a rock um i actually my windshield cracked from you know basically the the tire boogers on the track had a rock in it and that flung up and hit the windshield um that was last year and that cracked the window. So, I mean, it's, it's not completely uncommon, but yeah. y- you know, the fact of like 10 straight years of having that car on track and then I get, yeah. And I, I, I've told the other guys, 
I never thought in a million years that I would be taken out by a rock to the radiator. Yeah. You know, like to actually lose a motor like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it was, what's very, what's all too familiar about it is this is kind of what happened to the engine in the Pikes Peak car. Was it last year? Beginning of, or in testing last year? Yeah. In testing. Yeah. And it's, and, and it, I remember at the time being like, thinking like man it, you, there must have been signs that like you must like a, when all the coolant is gone you'd figure that like, there you'd have a lot more indicators and actually scott in the pikes peak car had a little bit better of a chance to see something because his oil he has an oil temp gauge and, and so the temperatures went up and he did he did see that but it's just like if you're in the moment if you're pushing and you're trying to make a lap time you're not like you're not driving in the gauges you're mm -hmm. you, know, it, it, you almost need like some kind of an alarm that would go off that say like, Hey, this is something is really out of spec and, and it's enough to kind of limp the car. But at that point, I mean, pretty much the damage has happened. You may not even see like uh, if you're losing coolant, you may not see that the coolant is getting hot because it's not pulling past the sensor. Right. So you right. would have yeah. to rely on an oil temp gauge or a coolant pressure gauge or something like that to, yeah. to tell you that something's up. So yeah. And it, it really did happen so fast, you know, like I said, there was no sign of anything. There was no big puff of smoke, no big, uh, like, uh, there was no sign. Yeah. And, no no and other indicator. The car no felt fine. Yeah. Until it started yeah. hearing the valve noise. You're going to have to put that chicken wire on like the tight car has on it. I mean, it looks so goofy and silly, but I mean, if you could figure out like how big of a projectile it would take to take a radiator out. You know, I'm like, I guess that's how big that is. There's a well, lot of rocks that people pull out on the corner one, too. Like on the corner one exit, people get two tires off and they bring right. those rocks, it seems like, right back onto the track. And I've gone through there and just, like, skate through marbles before, you know, when that yeah. shit happens. Well, and Adam Smith talked about this honeycomb Nomex, basically, cover that you put in front of it. It's like an inch thick of honeycomb that goes in front yeah. of it. But... I mean, like off-road trucks and stuff, I think, primarily. But at the same point in time, it's been 10 years and I've never had an issue. Yeah. It's like I yeah. kind of don't think – I mean, if I don't do something, of course, it'll probably happen again. My first session out, <laughs> catch another rock to the radio. Don't even but. say that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I, I was telling Scotty, way back on the rally car years and years ago, um, we, they'd taken out the AC, but they left the condenser in front of the radiator. And then there was some point where we realized, wait a minute, the, the AC condenser is there, but we don't have it. We should just get, get rid of that thing. So, that, so they pulled it out. And then for a while, we were going through a radiator every other rally or, or like Dang. I think we had a couple back-to-back -back radiator failures because something would just get into the radiator, puncture it, and it would just dump out all the coolant. And then uh, ProDrive actually made this little grill mesh that went onto that lower section. We put that on, and that pretty much – removed that problem and it was it was pretty big mesh it wasn't like a screen or anything like that right but it's just you know i think it just took away the the ability for a rock to kind of you know the the chance of a rock to fly through that that mesh and not be slowed down right. or something like that i know like the circle track like speedway and stuff like that those they sell different uh i don't know what they are whole sizes of mesh so you can tune for like how big the rocks are on the track you're going to in your circle track <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then you can put the appropriate, because it'll block some airflow, right? So you want it yeah. as open as possible for airflow, but as close as possible for protection. So I've, I've seen them yeah. on those sites where they sell them in, you know, eighth quarter, half inch grids and stuff like that. And 
Like I know I mean, they sell, they sell that stuff at like Home Depot though. for cheap. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that right. You go get your your screen door mesh, but yeah. No, but not that. They have they have like chicka wire and stuff. I mean, that's all that shit looks like it is on the super tight car. It's pretty big squares, like three eighths or half inch. They're pretty big. Like it kind of makes you wonder, like, what would this even stop? But. <laughs> I don't have anything in front of the radiator on the hill climb car, and I pick up mostly. I get a bunch of little rocks in there, like just on the little shelf of the the ducting that's in there. But mm-hmm. I get like leaves and sticks and stuff. Like after we'll talk about it, I guess at Grid Life a bit. But that field out there has such tall, you know, grass and weeds and stuff right next to the track. Mm-hmm. I'd finish runs and pull out, you know, whole bushes and stuff from the, mm-hmm. from the front of the car. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll 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 uh, impede your cooling a little bit. Nah, nah. <laughs> so, uh, Scotty, just, what happened to your old block? Where's your old block at? The one from that you took out? I think it had bearing failure, right, or potential bearing failure? No, that that original original block with thirty three thousand miles is sitting on the shelf right there. It's still in perfect condition, wrapped in cellophane. Um, I mean, it it could go back in, no problem. Um, and how it might, you know, depending on how this other block looks, but, um, yeah. Cause I mean, that was pulled out only because of, I was just like, it's probably old and tired. Mm-hmm. 33,000 miles, mostly race miles. And, um, so it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of wondering, I figured, I mean, the heads have got to be likely warped, but hopefully they're in okay shape. I mean, that'll be oh. the big, the, no, I'm yeah. pretty sure the heads have holes in them. Yeah, yeah. But that, like, on the Pikes Peak like the car, time. they yeah. literally melted. I mean, aluminum down. I mean, it was. It sounds like you have a hole from combustion chamber to cooling jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That sucks. So this um, other engine you're getting in, that's a whole long block then, right? So you have something to work with, like a whole yep. something to work with? Correct. So, and, and unknown miles on it. Um, but, I mean, I guess I'll inspect it. Look, look at least look at the cross hatching, see if if my block looks better than that block and just go from there. Yeah. Well, the heads are worth 800 bucks easy. So, I mean, that right. makes it definitely worth it for sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. The heads are one of the biggest keys pieces mm-hmm. of the puzzle. The, mm-hmm. the, the little secret to the uh, other option, like plan, I don't know, H is that Subaru has recently come out with a W25 head that has a valve train in it. So oh. it's it, so it's it's the M- W25 head. Well, it's the valve springs retainers. It just doesn't have the cams uh, or, or the buckets. But it they're they're very reasonably priced. Um, and you know, the W25 ABCS. Yeah, correct. Yeah, uh, is that what you are right now? Or are you yep. on a? Yep. Yeah, it's okay. dual ABCS. So yeah. So like that would be that would be another option. But then you know like cams cams add up. I mean, just just every every piece of a cylinder head. It, it, if you have to replace everything, it just every little piece mm-hmm. adds up pretty quickly. Yeah, trust so. me, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've uh, been down uh, this box path. Have yeah. a box of buckets if you need them. You can pick through them. Yeah, yeah. I might need to. I might need to borrow this box of buckets to set my uh, my engine up eventually. Yeah, but it's it's one of these things where, like, I guess we've all kind of been there a little bit. Uh, well, you all, you all three are now all in the same boat, uh, having having been to this point where, like, man, Toss, I remember you went through like what four engines in three months or something like that. Yeah, it was a 
was a handful of compounding circumstances. Right. So, but it's just it's this is one of the one of the challenges of racing that you don't you, you kind of don't think about it because for one, I guess if you really thought about it a lot, you probably would just like do something else, like take up chess or something like that because it's <laughs> you, 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 you run into this. You, huh? you get in the you know the chessboard and you don't notice it's starting to leak its chess pieces, and the next thing you know, <laughs> it's terrible. Start, yeah, the, the dogs start eating the pieces, and you have to buy new pieces. It just starts yeah. adding up. But it's, yeah. I mean, this is this is one of those challenges. Like, if you're really going to compete, if you're going to get into a series where you've got it, this is this is not just going to the track when you're ready. This is this is you're running a car on a calendar. You have a number of events mm -hmm. that you have to you're, you decide you're going to try and put together a season and run run a certain number of events. It it becomes it can become a challenge of like, okay, well, how can you even just string those events together? And I don't know. I mean, maybe just from a mindset, I mean, Scotty, I think, I think you know that you've got the bug when like what you're saying is uh, you're, you're more frustrated by the fact that you didn't get to put in more laps until you had the failure versus having the failure in the first place. Yeah. I, I mean, think, it, the losing a motor or, or, or how breaking something on the car, even putting it into a wall is that's part of it. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's you, I know this shit's coming. I've, I've just, I've lucked out for the last few years. It's, I mean, running a stock short block with kind of limited power, but you know, this thing runs at red line for 20 minute sessions, four times yeah. a day, two days a, a month. And, um, you know, I, I knew it was only a matter of time, but yeah, that doesn't piss me off. It pisses the bank account off. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> the accountant. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, the, the time, I mean, time, time is everything. This is time trials, time attack. That's, that's yeah. everything. And, and knowing that there was so much time left out there, that's, yeah, it makes me angry. Well, Motor's yeah, a motor. I mean, and, you, and you hear those stories. You hear those stories too, where big teams are like, "We are on a heater. The engine's at two hundred and sixty degrees. We got two more turns, and they will fucking melt that thing down to break a record." That's <laughs> yeah, what it takes. If that's what you it know? takes. Well, and and I mean, one of the things, like when you get into a situation like this, I'm like Scotty now, having figured out this change. One, uh, having a positive, like a likely solution to the fueling problem that you've been chasing for, gosh, probably about the last what three to six months, something like that, at least this oh, season. A year. A year. A year. Yeah. And then playing with your front alignment settings so that now you've, you've got all of this extra front grip. I'm, I'm sure that, because like the, the, the next event that you were supposed to go to was High Plains. And that's that's like two weeks away. I mean, extremely narrow time window. So I, I think the chances of that are, are fairly slim. But I'm sure that part of the motivator to you is like, man, now that I've got this figured out and this figured out, I've got to know what does that mean for me at High Plains? Sounds That's like big... you should probably just let him work on the car at work and then he can make it. it it's not the time. It's, it's the, it's <laughs> the, it's how the much money problem. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the money problem. Yeah, yeah. knowing I can, I, I'm going to get this long block, but not knowing when. I mean, yeah. that's... That's one of those things. I mean, I, I know I'm not making the event in two weeks, but then Hastings, Nebraska is basically in a month. Yeah. Um, Hal, I mean, I, 
I really want to get up to Hastings. I think the car would do really well there with the setup and the arrow. Um, but hell, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So if nothing else, the last event of the season, October 2nd and 3rd, back out mm -hmm. at High Plains. Which is going to be a good record time, too. I mean, not that the TT3 record. I mean, the TT3 record is brutal at High Plains right now, isn't it? It's like yeah. a 155 or a 153 or something. 152.3. Oh, damn. Yeah. But, but again, like we were talking about earlier, in 2015 with a completely different set of rules where you're, you're probably down 10, maybe even 20% of the power that you could have made back in 2015 here in 2021. Right. So uh, you're gonna like a uh, two-wheel drive convert your car and go to natural uh, naturally aspirated so that you can hit some yeah. of the modifiers or, or sure what? sure so you mean sell this and get a BMW oh what a DCT we're gonna stock Corvette see if you can do it yeah. well, vets take a lot of work too man I mean they're freaking leaf springs <laughs> like yeah they, like yeah, you look at the spec vet setup and the spec vet setup just the suspension setup which isn't terribly priced. But I think it's like $4,200 for the coilover conversion for a C5. Man. I mean, that sucks. Like, that you're already shelling out, you know, almost five grand on just suspension to get those things yeah. to do normal car stuff. Everyone yeah, talks yeah. about how awesome the vets are, and they are awesome to a point, but they take a lot of money to get there. They're yeah. still expensive vehicles. Yeah. No, right. I'll, I'll stay turbocharged and I will drive and, and still go push for that record. If Good. If if I feel like it's going to be unattainable, then maybe we'll turn the power up and shoot some TT too. Well, what about the um, what about the? Uh, it might be quicker to just get the yellow card dynoed and then just put your numbers on the side of it and uh, reset the seat and <laughs> just five by one fourteen wheels, right? Yeah, just yeah. Blast blast that thing out there and try not to roll it. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd have that to. Thing's I'd have to get TT3 comfortable. Power right-hand drive yeah that's to true. begin with yeah which it's super trippy it's not which that scares bad. me well just, plus it would just take a little seat time. fucking dash well that's I, what i was saying we had to totally redo the seat because <laughs> the seat is like like this is normal this is that seat like this uh-huh yeah. and and that's i swear that's how it feels like i'm driving that car like i <laughs> I, I i jeanette drove that thing i don't know how she saw apexes i don't know how she turned in and did the time she did sitting yeah. like that. Yeah, she was literally like like the visor from her helmet was like level with the door. Like to the like the window of the door. Like I don't know how she can see either. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it takes looking ahead like to a whole other level for sure. Yeah. All well, right, so enough about me. Let's uh let's have you two guys talk about grid life. So this was out right, at PPIR, Pikes Peak International Raceway. And it was a, Alpine a whole Horizon bunch Festival. of stuff. Yes, Alpine Horizon Fest. A whole bunch of stuff going on. Dude, it was nuts, man. Like, So I had two people I was instructing. Both of them were Subi boys. I think one of them's going to come out to the SCCA time trials event we're having in a couple weeks. So I'm super excited about that. But the amount of people around here was just like that, for starters, is insane. Uh, Jeanette said there was 6,500 people who came to the gate just for Friday night just to watch the music, like that were just here just for Friday. 6,500 people. It's like that's just like – it's an unfathomable amount, and that's just one night, you know. I mean, 
it was super wild. There's lots of cars. There's like 70 or 75 drift cars. There's like 70, I think 77 time attack cars, tons of HPDE people. Uh, I mean, it was just like the amount of cars and the amount of people was just absolutely insane for sure. So, 100%. so we're, we're saying that like, so like the time attack slots sold out. I think the tickets oh, yeah. for Saturday sold out like spectator tickets. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah. It was, it was like, here's the limit. This is how many people you can let in. And you guys, you guys hit that. I, I was talking to Adam and he said they had like a hundred people originally, originally on the driving roster for time attack. And they just started reaching out to people and said, Hey, you can't come. Hey, you can't come. Hey, your bill's not done. You can't come. Like they cut the driving, the time attack roster down to, they were trying to ballpark it around 80 cars because because it wasn't even like the on-track experience they were worried about. It was the paddock space. Like mm -hmm. when they had, you know, 70, almost 80 drift cars and almost 80, you know, time attack dudes. I, this is all those people are inside the paddock. And then you've got all everything else, you know, the instructors, you've got the HPDE people, you've got the vendors. Like they were just super paranoid about running out of space. And I think it was rightfully so because, I mean, it was packed in the, in the paddock for sure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of spectators. I mean, that's that's this oh, is one yeah. of the first big events in Colorado since everything is largely opened up again. And so, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it was. I mean, it was pretty clear that there were a lot of people that wanted to get out and mm -hmm. and, and see some driving again. Mm -hmm. Well, in yeah, of, where the uh, where the rally stuff was was out by the entrance to the you know general admission spectator parking and stuff like that. All day Saturday, there was a line of cars out through the gate of people waiting to get in. Um, there was there was never a point where like the line dwindled or something. All day, all the way through till the Saturday night concert started, there were, you know, four hundred cars waiting to get in, waiting to get in the gate. So I heard there. it was like three three hour three hours is what it was taking some of these people to get through with the vehicle searches and just the sheer amount of people and. I don't necessarily think it was understaffed. I mean, it's not a NASCAR race. You know, I think it was staffed for what, like, the budget was, but it was definitely busting at the seams for sure, 100%. I mean, there just just was not enough people. There's just so many people coming to the event. It was just totally wild. Yeah. That's cool. Well, very good for the event. So, I mean, what did, what did you get, uh, Ryan and Tasso, what did you guys think about actually the event, driving, driving the event? I think it was awesome. I mean, I had the best chance to set my fastest time. And Scotty and I talked about this. Set the time in the beginning on the first session because there's never going to be a better time. And that couldn't have held truer. I mean, to I mean, that was exactly what it was. I went out on my first session. It was kind of a free-for-all. I was like, oh, I'll run in B and I'll run in A. Like, you know what, I'll just go to A. There's a lot of people who think they're a lot faster than they are and they want to be in front and they want to get it done. And I get it. But I mean, there was, I was on track for a low 101 and I'm literally behind a car and I'm trying to shoot for one minute. I'm literally behind a car that's, I don't think has any rear brakes or any rear weight. I was behind this crazy Fiesta that was like a Festiva or whatever. Hmm. Um, that was just walking me down the straight stretch. Like I would catch him in the, in the, up in the dip and then he'd walk me again down the other back stretch. And he got on the brakes when I was like really barren. I was like, all right, dude, like I'm on like a really good fucking flyer. I'm bearing down him on the brake zone. He's driving the brakes on super deep. He jumps on the brakes. The back tires come up off the ground and the car's like skipping. 
the back of it skipping back and forth and the car looked <laughs> so unpredictable. And I was like, nope, this shit isn't worth it. Like, I'll take my 102 and just, just settle with that because, I mean, this dude was going to be an accident waiting to happen. Mm. You know, that car was. And and so, um, and that was my fastest session the whole weekend was that one session where I ran that 102 too. And it was a part of it was um, like the surface conditions were, they were pretty good. Um, but the drifting and the heat, like it, the on-track temperatures, I think at one point they were showing it on the pot or on the live stream was like 131 degrees or something. It's like the track was hot. Yeah. The track was super hot. My car felt fine on power. didn't feel like it really was too mad about it, but I mean, you could tell a difference going through when you go into the dip every time, how much less grip there was because of the temperature. And I ended up cutting two of my Pirellis, uh, the sidewalls. Mm-hmm. So I had to swap two uh, street tires uh, for the second day, and they just weren't. They were they were better in the sense that I could drive all ten laps with that, with and they felt consistent. Whereas the Pirellis were like two laps and then nothing. Um, but they were definitely way slower than the Pirellis were, which was a kind of I was kind of shocked by that. And uh, I think I got within two tenths of it. Um, and like a really cool part of the day at the end of the day, when the sun ran in, it started like a light sprinkling and like drop the help drop the temperatures on the track and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I ran the one Oh two, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm okay with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's, it's a respectable time knowing mm-hmm. the facts that, well, the first session was at nine. Yeah. On Friday. And, and that's when you did the one Oh two. And then yep. from every point from then on, the, the temperatures rose, track temps rose, and mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, we've talked about it. There's no grip yep. out there as soon as it gets hot. Yep. Yeah, so, this track is brutal. For, I mean, and it's like a sun bowl, you know, like it's literally, it feels like the sun is magnifying across sideways, yeah. up, down, left, right, you know, and, and the car wasn't like this tr- this I've driven this, I've had the pleasure of driving this track with nobody on it. And the car isn't as hoppy as it was when you're trying to put power down. And I was, a lot of people were making comments like, man, your car is just jumping and skipping around. It's only doing that when you're trying to put power down. Like the car is literally clawing for traction. Mm. There's either too much or not enough, but not at the same time. And so kind of for like my Hail Mary pass on Sunday, cause we had one morning session on Sunday. I softened the shocks. They were kind of like in the upper, to uh, the upper third of the hardness. I shopped them um, all the way down to the lower third on the hardness. So not like super soft. And it helped me in two turns and it hurt me in like eight and the rest of the turns, the other seven turns. So it helped in like the two slow parts and the car would put power down because it was just softer, you know, it wasn't as resistant, but when it came to the dip, it just couldn't hold the dip. When it came to coming back out onto the, the roll vol, just couldn't hold the roll vol. Like, so it was definitely, I mean, it was definitely a struggle from that perspective. And when you're trying to work with what cars are around you at the same time, you had to be pickier, you know, and, um, and take what you can get. And so, yeah, I mean, that didn't help at all. And so everybody who watches the live stream or sees it or saw it or whatever had people just like usual, you know, man, your car looks so bouncy. And like you know, all the people on the internet who, who are suspension professionals and can tell you everything from, you know, their 10 frame per second video were trying to tell me that my car was bouncy. You know, I was in it so I could tell, but, um, but it, it <laughs> yeah. was only do, it was only doing it when it was on power. Like you could come out of a corner as hard as you wanted and the car wouldn't jump or bounce at all. 
So like one of my strategies on Saturday afternoon was to just try an apex turns that I was normally kind of like, I was apexing them so much later that when the car got pointed, it was pointed straight and then I could put power yeah. down. So I was just having to wait and um, I turned the boost up, which really only affects the mid range and it did help a little bit. So like that little delay in throttle, like when I got to put power down, it's kind of making it up with like a couple more pans of boost in that mid range to kind of help me get out. But yeah, it was just from the car's perspective. I mean, it was just clawing out here and it just wasn't, it wasn't as good as it could have been, you know? Yeah. Well, Tasso, what about, uh, what about the rally sprints? How was, how was that? I mean, it did, did the heat, was that a big factor or, or yeah, not so much? And mostly just for me as like the driver, right? The car, car did fine. Um, it's a pretty short run out there. So it wasn't so much of a factor. Um, it was a cool kind of reorganization this year. Cause I don't know if we ever talked about this or whatever. Um, but last year, right. It was like just kind of a, exhibition open kind of whatever like a sideshow kind of thing um and so like even last year i got into the event as scotty's crew um and my car was one of his race support vehicles and stuff like that so mm. so you know like it was and then I, sh I showed up over there like hey can i come do this so like uh yeah i, I guess um i don't know buy a ticket or something i don't know mm -hmm. uh and so to go from that to this year, you know, it actually being a, a competition that was advertised, it, it showed. Organized. What's that? Organized. Organized. Yeah, yeah. organized, advertised, and made the, made the blog post. There was a ticket you could buy for it. Um, did uh, did the Rally Ready guys organize it, or was it the, the Grid Life guys that organized it? So the Rally Ready guys did. Um, I know, you know, the CHCA had been knocking on those doors, trying to get some organization done. Um, the Rally Ready guys, turns out, as well, were trying to do that. And, um, you know, I think they put together a fun event. If you remember, like, going back to our podcast with Bucky and Dave, um, talking about kind of that session style, have a good time, you know, what, you know, positive, you know, everyone building on each other kind of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. That was kind of their their vision for this, um, and it I think it showed with you know we had a lot of fun out there. It was a good time, and um, uh, you know being advertised, it brought out I don't know sixteen or eighteen um, rally cars from you know even as far away as like the Midwest. I think is you know there was a team out from Missouri or something like that as well too. So you know it wasn't just you know the local yokels that came out from Colorado here. Um, it was you know you know, teams drove for this event and I think everybody had a good time. Um, it was a bracket style elimination. So we had, you know, oh, yeah. opportunities um, for kind of free driving and, or practice. Right. And, uh, and then there was a, you know, you got a best of two qualifying run and that bracket is you just like your, you know, March madness tournament or something like that. Right. And so then it was single elimination brackets all the way down to um, just because it was, you know, kind of running a little bit long. We ran the final four, just all head to head, and then ranked it out that way. But so, how um, did I mean? Could you explain, like, with the with the bracket? So you're paired up against another car. Do you both have to do like one or two runs, and it's the fastest time of the that run or yeah, two? Yeah, so one run, right? Yeah, we okay. weren't you know, directly head to head. It was still against the clock. Um, but so I qualified first, so I I bracketed up against the 16th place car or something like that. Um, I think it was 16th, not 8th. I think it was. Um, so, uh, 
so right, obviously then, you know, I had a, you know, an easier first round to make it through, but it started to, to ramp up pretty quickly that competition. Yeah. Um, so I just go put down a run, they put down a run faster time advanced to the next bracket. And then, you know, that's the, the final eight or whatever, or the round of eight or something. So, or, you know, quarterfinal, semifinal, whatever mm-hmm. the term is, I'm not a sports guy. Um, yes, but, but at least eight. basketball. Yeah. they did a really good job. Uh, they want to kind of like take this and show how much fun it was and maybe even expand it. to some of the other grid life events. So, so they were, uh, um, you know, doing a lot of media production throughout the thing, you know, they gave a lot of opportunities, which I really appreciate as an amateur or whatever semi pro, yeah. you know, um, uh, driver is that opportunity for exposure stuff. So they, they had a bunch of opportunities, you know, interviewing drivers. You did a finish line interview after every run and, you know, Bucky was there, you know, being a character and stuff like that. And, um, you know, some of the, uh, Ron from Hoonigan, um, was out there and doing some stuff too. And I got to meet all these guys too. You know, we'd, we'd podcast. I'd awesome. never met him in real life and, and Dave and, um, you know, Hoonigan, Ron and all those guys and stuff. And it's, it was cool to see that they're, you know, they're not just a, whatever some character they put on for whatever they're doing, you know, these are all, you know, genuine people that turned, you know, Bucky, Dave, those guys just genuinely want to have a good time. And, 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 and the whole rally ready crew, um, we're really good guys to hang out with. We all kind of ended up hanging out together and like kind of the rally ready pit area. Um, so it was a fun event. Uh, you know, some stuff figured out as we went, you know, cause it's none of us had ever really run a bracket style rally sprint before, but, um, but it was fun. You know, car did okay. I had to replace an axle on, Wow. the practice and qualifying day. So I popped another axle at PPIR because I think it's just fun there. So I just chuck it into corners and it loads up and then, you know, mm. finds the weakest point. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, it, um, but I found hopefully another solution for, for axles using a kind of a local distributor here um, for a little higher quality product. So we'll see how that turns out before, you know, anything becomes podcast official, but um <laughs> But so hopefully, hopefully that kind of solves that. And, you know, it was a good time. I, I told myself coming into the weekend to take it easy. Um, you know, Land's End from that weekend to, to Land's End was only two weeks. I knew Land's End was going to be a, a good show. There's a bunch of fast folks showing up for Land, yep. you know, professional drivers showing up for Land's End. So, um, you know, I told myself, don't go crazy with fun runs and put a billion laps on the car and wear it out and blow through a bunch of tires and, and stuff like that. So fortunately I was able to kind of keep myself disciplined even with the party atmosphere and stuff. And nice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good. That, that bracket style for a rally sprint like that sounds perfect because it, it kind of, it, it gets people multiple runs for the most part, unless you're just getting knocked out in the first round. And hopefully <laughs> even those guys got knocked down in the first round, got some more runs in there. Yeah. Um, there's, there's tons of time for free running throughout the weekend. So that's really, that's a fun structure. Like, so if, if anybody's spectating or if they're, if they took a lot of video and they're editing it together, I mean, that's, that would be fun to watch just how that, how those brackets kind of work their way down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think spectator and media friendly as a format versus, you know, rally, right. It's so difficult to, yeah. to either spectate or, or film. If, if you, if anyone listening has ever been out to a rally and tried to watch them, they're, yeah. You know, you 
go to the middle of nowhere in the woods and then a car goes and then you're done right so then then you drive for an hour and a half to get to the next spectator location and then you yeah right (laughs) that's and then you go then you go to the pits and then that's it right and ppir so spectator friendly because it's all kind of there's a little rally sprint course there it's all kind of compact so it's all it's all right there. It's easy to walk out to any point in the course and, you know, be in a relatively safe space and still watch. And it's um, the turns there are, you know, not only dusty, but kind of safe and confidence inspiring as a driver. So, you know, you're able to put on a good show. So it's fun to drive. It's fun to watch. Um, you can hear cars the whole way through uh, mm-hmm. you know, doing their thing and making good noises and stuff. And so that's, it, that's really great to hear, and I, I'm I can't wait. I'm sure that those guys are going to put something out. I haven't seen uh, Rally Ready or Bucky put anything yeah, out yet, but I'm sure yet. it's coming. Yep, but, but so they're going to make a, a whole like a, a mini video on it, and it's yeah. you know professionally produced, and I'm really excited to see that too. Well, and hopefully that gets like one. It's kind of a proof of concept for that venue, and so then hopefully even more people will come out next year to yeah. do to do that rally part of it. And then mm-hmm. just let spectators know about it. I mean, that sounds like something that's, you know, just as spectator friendly as like, the, you know, the drifting or the, or the time attack. Yeah. Really. Yeah. All right. So it's, you know, it's kind of like drifting except for, you know, we're not just some two wheel drive cars sliding around slow. Like, you know, we're going as hard as we can in four wheel drive cars and yeah, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Well, so Tasso, um, what was the overall outcome? of uh this oh yeah this whole rally sprint uh, i won i got i won the rally sprint brackets um and you know what I, I had the only like truly unrestricted hill climb car there um so i kind of going into the weekend you know i set the expectation for myself that that was the goal um but you know i tell you what that dave guy is no slouch and he uh yeah. It, like every time I'd ratchet up a little bit, he'd like go, Oh, nope, better keep going. You know, <laughs> it's, um, and it's, so how much it, did you win by? Uh, really close, about a second. So, well, and Bucket was right okay. there too, wasn't he? So you guys uh, yeah, were one, two, three? Yeah, yeah. So that, I'm trying to remember, there was a guy from the Terra Rally crew out of Southern yeah. California. It was right in the mix too. So the top four were, you know, me, Dave, Bucky, and the Terra guy. Um, like Maggie, the WRX is his Instagram or something like that. So, um, but yeah, so uh, pretty tight, um, you know, tight enough to, to to make me like every run. I was like, man, I gotta like stop goofing around these corners and kind of focus up here. But you know, like and it got to the point where it stayed, you know, and that was the goal of the thing, right? It stayed friendly and fun. But you know, Dave, I saw him like, hey guys, you know, slap some. You know, slap some new tires on the car. I got to get out there. I'm like, oh, shit, guys, I, I, I don't have any guys to tell, but like, shit, toss up. I'm going to put some new tires on my car. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, man, I got to stop goofing around this corner for good photos and really take the fast line through mm-hmm. here and stuff like that. And you could see each of us, like, um, it was really fun because it was that, you know, we talked about, like, with that, you know, session-style format of things um, where it's you kind of positively build off the competition as opposed to getting like, you know, dark and competitive kind of thing. Um, so it was fun. It stayed positive and it was, it was fun to see, see each other. Everyone kind of rare, like ratcheted everyone else up and it was cool. And even to talk, you know, with Bucky more about that, you know, from like, you know, his skating 
side of things too and how, mm-hmm. how it kind of feeds similarly and it was cool Honestly, to see, especially yeah, that, because we had that podcast about that. It was cool to see it kind of yeah. come to fruition like that. And that's awesome. It was a lot of fun. Well, in in that bracket format, it just—I mean—that is that is what that bracket format does. Is it? It kind of like it, it, you're turning up the heat in the pressure cooker as the brackets drop away and you move closer and closer to that last one too. And yeah. it's just yeah. And so I could see. Um, I could see what Dave was doing on the other side because he qualified second. So even if we went all the way through, we weren't going to meet each other until the finals or right. So we could kind of see what the other one was doing. And like every run he beat my previous runs time. So I, I had to keep stepping wow. it up every time. Um, and it, it was good. Um, Von Gittin came over on one of the open lapping portions and, and his, uh, I don't know. Just crazy. Like, Bronco, yeah. like a pro four drive, Bronco or something. You know, twenty thousand horsepower, twenty million tires, whatever it was, right? Some unlimited desert contraption of his, um, and put down a time. You know, it wasn't until my final run that I beat his time, um, but I did end up. And I heard he cut the course too, so you know, take that whatever. for what it is. But yeah. <laughs> so you know, whatever. But but nonetheless, you know, to you know, last year. Um, Vaughn and it might have been Lauren also the same guy that ultra four guy um last year they came out with their I think he had a spec trophy truck bonded last year maybe um there's another ultra four truck another trophy truck came out last year too and I felt like I was going faster than those guys but there was no like competition to to prove that you know hey rally cars are no joke um Mm -hmm. but this year we actually had timing um to Mm -hmm. to prove like you know hey on a yeah. It was a really bumpy dirt road. There are definitely sections where I had to check up for the terrain, and he obviously would not have had to, right? It was a too smooth a road for him. But Yeah. Yeah, three feet of suspension travel. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it was pretty massive. Yeah. And, so, and this year there was a, a silt corner that we called the Baja Corner just because it got so silted and rutted and chunked out that, hmm. I mean, almost every run I shoved dirt into the bead of my tires – on that run and had to come back and clean my tires out after, after every run just to keep them holding air. Um, wow. But, you know, so there were sections I had to check up and I have pretty, I mean, I'm on heavy duty, long travel suspension being a rally car, um, but still not, not quite enough for, for some of the stuff. So, so I was, I was interested to see, you know, cause he's in a four wheel drive car now too, I think Vaughn. So, you know, he doesn't even have that disadvantage of two wheel drive that the trophy trucks have of only a couple of years ago. So mm-hmm. that's, that's um, awesome. So it's cool. I mean, yeah, it was a, it was so much fun. I'm excited to see the video come out. I'm excited to have had the opportunity to participate and, you know, other drivers like myself, um, spectators, everyone had just so much access to the whole pit area and hanging out with people. And, you know, Bucky is giving out autographs. You know, I got to talk with Ron about trying to convince him to come out to some more hill climbs and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and just, uh, you know, it's a, it was a cool crew, cool crowd, cool vibe. You know, I can see why the drifters have so much fun because it's similar, similar kind of vibe. We're just everyone having a good time. So, man, that's brilliant. And I mean, hopefully the guys from Grid Life saw that. And I mean, it, yeah. it's like this is something like that could be something that lights the fire under somebody's, you know, with, with the, with yeah. the Subaru or, or the wants to run dirt, but doesn't know what to do. I mean, it's like, you know, right. stage rally is very involved. 
there's a lot of steps to go through to be able to run a stage rally. And I mean, it's just like the logistics of running a stage rally is huge. So mm-hmm. that's where like and the hill climbs in, well, the hill climbs in Colorado, that's where it's a much more attainable thing. And now maybe if grid life runs with this a little bit more where on the venues where it can, I mean, this could be something else that's, that's attainable for somebody that really wants to go out there and, and drive fast and dirt. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, Dave should probably try and work with Coda and do something like this super lap because they have, oh, yeah. they have like a GSC course there, right? Like a gold or GRC, whatever the clock global rally cross course there at Coda. I think they've I done know. global rally cross there, but I don't know if, because yeah. global rally cross. Yeah. I see. Um, I see. But, but I mean, he, his facility is right there too. Oh um, yeah. You know, it, it it's not the same festival location, I guess, in that case, right? But, mm-hmm. or, you know, even for him to put on a sprint series at his location just for, you know, texting drivers, maybe he gets a few of them off the circle track thing and gets them onto the both turn, both way turn track on the dirt. So, I mean, it's encouraging yeah. just to like see how successful that format is with dirt and with rally cars. Well, I was talking with those guys too. Um, is it going to sound like, I don't know, clickbait statement or something like that, but rally is just not fun um, in a lot of ways. So it, you know, it, it is fun to drive. You get a lot of seat time. It has its own draws, you know, similar to how, you know, 24 hour Le Mans or something like that has its, it's a challenge. It's yeah. difficult. You're on for a long period of time, but, but a rally, you know, you show up, you know, if it's a Friday, Saturday format, you show up Thursday and you're more or less on the clock for the next couple of days and you unless it's you know hopefully for dinner at night or something like that you never see your friends really if they're not on your crew or something you spend so much time just driving around and so it's you know like oh hey how's it going good man oh sorry it's my minute i gotta go now um you know maybe i'll see you at the finishing ceremonies um where this was you know we spent just as much time bench racing in between each run I'm um, going, oh, man, I totally blew this corner. Oh, you blew that corner, but I blew this corner up. Oh, did you see it? Oh, yeah, and then I got, you know, so. It's that, all that, that, session, that session atmosphere, like what you're talking about. The you can actually go out there and, and, and drive, but then, you know, come back and have fun and, and like, push each other to kind of, uh-huh. de- you know, developers. A rally, it's just, it's up against the clock. And, yes, you're comparing yourself against the other cars and other drivers, but it's it's just. Yeah, it's a it's a different. Yeah. And you different get to watch each other too. I mean, I like watching all these other cars drive and stuff. You get to, you know, I like to see what other drivers are thinking through their driving. Mm-hmm. I like to listen to other cars. You know, even though, you know, the top four cars were all Subarus of a similar generation, right? As yeah. you know, a Hawkeye, a Blob Eye, uh, another GD. I forget the Terra guy if he was a Blob or a Bug. Um, he was a he was a Blob Eye. So two blah buys, a Hawkeye, and a, and a GC, but a wagon, a sedan, a two-door in there, right? So, mm-hmm. but still, you know, we're all fundamentally, I think all three, all four of us were on turbo, you know, EJ series motors, but all cars drove different, all cars sounded different, all four mm-hmm. drivers had different backgrounds and different, you know, mentalities to a to a, any single corner, you know, and so not only do you get to hang out, but you can see like, you know, oh man, he's really pushing at this point or whatever and, and kind of seeing each other. Like it's not something that normally is ca- you're not capable of doing, you know, at a rally. So yeah, it's cool. That's it's awesome. a lot of fun. But I'll definitely do it again. You know, I made friends at the event that, that are now, now car friends. So, you know, very cool. Yeah. That was cool. Man. Sounds well, like it just seems like, 
Well, it seems like it was a, a good enough success that it will be back next year. And it, it seems like they're, you said Bucky and Dave were looking for other avenues, you know, mm-hmm. other places to do this same kind of thing. You know, um, I, I think it would be huge to get, you know, if you could continue with grid life, if there's other, other yeah. venues out there that can support it would be huge. Um, yeah. but if nothing else, even if it turns into its own type of thing, um, that I'm mean, e- either way, I, th- I think it was a huge success as far as, uh, you know, bringing the people there and the amount of fun that everybody had. And so mm-hmm. yeah, let's hope it finding, continues. Finding venues will be their challenging point. Right. But right. Um, you know, if anybody listening out there, um, hears about something like this happening in their neck of the woods, go do it. It's, it's totally awesome. What these guys are doing is great. I was really happy to be a part of it at this point. If there's anything else I can do to support it, I will. Um, if it goes nowhere else other than Alpine Horizon having this great event at it as a one-off, cool. It still adds yet another reason that Colorado is the home of motorsports in the country. Um, you know, we're the home, we have the most diversity and the most like calendar density of of any other state you know i know that there you know florida maybe has a bunch of i don't know something right but i don't know what it is because <laughs> it's florida you know um but you know you want to talk about if we're not uh, nothing else just gravel um rallying gravel surface you know production car competition um between you know the most successful rallycross division in the country is the Colorado region of SCCA rallycross we have the mm-hmm. CHCA we have this rally sprint um we have two of the three oldest motorsports events in the country with Pikes Peak and the Lands End Hill Climb the whole CHCA series rally colorado is one of the most technically and mechanically challenging events on the entire calendar it's a shame it's not a national level event I think it's probably because those guys are worried their cars wouldn't survive, you know, an actual challenging event. Rumor is it will be next year. Yeah, it better be because I'd love to see if one of the factory cars could even survive what what our grassroots, you know, NA Subarus are are putting down out here. So, you know, it's it's, it's not from this area. It's it's worth mentioning, too, that the other thing that's cool about this type of event, this, this rally sprint, you know, like I remember, so being out here, we had Rally Colorado. So there's a lot of local guys that had rally cars that, you know, Rally Colorado was, was their target event, but then they're running hill climbs and other regional rallies to kind of tune up for Rally Colorado. And then we lost Rally Colorado. This is when it was up in Steamboat. And a lot of those guys, either the, the cars just went away, they just, they just converted them to something else, or, or they, just, they just lost them. Because when you have a rally car, and if you want to drive on dirt, it's a different discipline. And if you can't, like, if there's not a lot of close events to, to run them in, it's just, you know, the appeal and, and the, the justification to create that, that race car or, or tune the race car for that kind of event, it, it's really difficult. But, like, if this kind of thing comes back, again, it's, it's a much more attainable type of event to, to put your car into. Like, again, yeah. like the hill climbs. And so it, it helps kind of maybe it will help foster more people to kind of Build build a rally car. Build a build a, a rally sprint yeah. car to come out there and compete. Right. Yeah. So for you know that four to six hill you know CHCA hill climbs a year. Um, you know rally Colorado and then this this rally sprint. You know we have six to eight. Uh, I don't know if I did my math right there, but you know six to eight. You know gravel 
rally car eligible events. Um, and you know, all but one of those allows you to run with no minimum weight limits, no hazmat spill kit requirement, no, you know, fancy spare tire, tire changing on the side of the stage equipment, no restrictors, all those things that add cost and complexity, no logistics, you know, of a stage rally. Um, but even if you wanted to do that, right, you know, so you're the most expensive event of your season at that point is Rally Colorado, and that's a few hundred bucks. Other than that, the hill climbs are ballpark 200 bucks, depending on the event. Um, you know, this, this grid life thing was a couple hundred bucks, right? So for, for less than the cost of, you know, you know buying a set of British tires, tires yeah. right, you, you could run a season of entry fees in your awesome – everybody – says, oh, man, I wish Pikes Peak was still dirt. Or, oh, man, I wish I could do rally car stuff. Like, well, you can. And there are venues for this stuff. Just come do it. You know? And, so and it's, good venues. Good venues and good competition. Yeah. Run roads, good drivers, positive competition, right? You're, you're surrounded by a, a bunch of um, – I'm lucky to be surrounded by a bunch of good drivers here in Colorado that I can still, like, pick brains on. And, like, you know, hey, what, what, am, I, what am I doing here, right, and stuff like that. And, and – you know, everybody's working together. It's not, it's not crummy. Like, you know, some motorsports communities get where it's, you know, all protests and, you know, rule book violations and stuff like that. It's all, it's all good time stuff. It, it's all, it's so. still being uh, all settled out there on the road with the driving versus yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, just the other day I rode uh, mountain bikes with my primary competition in the hill climbs and we had a good time. So I don't think that Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton are, are getting together for beers anytime soon. So, you know, no, I could not see that happening. And our competition's closer than theirs is. So <laughs> there you go. What's up? Formula one, second That's rate right. sport. <laughs> Shots fired. No, that, we'll, we'll call that. We'll call that the title of this episode. If you're listening to this point that I, I should call it why formula one is a second rate sport. That'll yep, be the episode go. 40. <laughs> Click. 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 <laughs> yep. No, no. I mean, I love, I love Formula One and, you know, all love to everybody out there, but, but, you know, having a good time. Awesome vibes. Their event was fun. Looking forward to Land's End. It's going to be a hell of a competition. Um, which, which, as we're recording this, is this weekend. Yeah. So a couple, I mean, I got to finish prepping the car, uh, like now. Um, like as soon as we <laughs> stop recording, I'm gonna finish prepping it, get it on the trailer, and leave tomorrow morning. So, so yeah, and I hear there's gonna be a, a GRC car out there, um, word on the street. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see yeah. if I can make up that difference just on sheer courage or something. Um, well, and I'm sure he's heard about the because I think I-70 is closed, so it's, it's probably gonna be a longer drive for you to get out there. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we're leaving first thing because it won't stop raining in the middle of the state so but but it'll be uh be a good time once we're out there and you know i mean similar vibe at hill climbs as as at this rally sprint where everybody's there to have a good time and the pits are open come out visit say hi check out a grc car up and close come check out my you know garage made contraption for sure yeah it's going to be good times, man. More, more stuff to talk about, hopefully soon, and, and hopefully some get some good news uh, going with your car here, Scotty, in the next couple of weeks. Well, then, so real quick, Ryan, you're racing WRL this weekend. Yep. Oh, yep. geez, yeah. I'm doing, 
Yep, I'm doing WRL with, uh, it's ironically, and Yana Stances says uh, uh, BMW, which I think he was planning on going to the Lands End Hill Climb, so I filled his seat. But we got a pretty stacked team. We got Dave Brown, who we all know, um, Ryan McLaughlin, who's another rally kind of race car guy. And um, former champion. Yep, yep, yep. With his Cal Print uh, 13B powered Mazda, that thing is mm -hmm. sick. And uh, um, myself, and I feel like I'm missing one other. Oh, uh, Case Gorbstein, I think is his name. Anyway, one of the owners of the car. So I went out and tested that car last Thursday to make sure it fit good. I scrubbed in some tires. We did a little bit of work on it. And um, and I had the fastest qualifying time out of the, the four drivers. So that felt pretty good, even though I was literally just starting to warm up on the car. Like, it's it's a lot different than a Subaru, and it's – it's way more of a momentum car than uh, than my yellow car is because the yellow car feels like it can make up speed. Um, this car just doesn't have like it's it's tuned so conservative with a, a like alignment. Even I was telling uh, Giannis, I was like, dude, like what's the toe in on that car? He's like, ah, it's like you know an eighth inch toe in. I'm like, oh, man, zero toe would be awesome. And I was like, yeah, it's like well, we also need a car that anybody can get into and not just start wrecking into shit, you know, they, they have to pull that bleeding edge in quite a bit so that they're not building a car. That's just impossible to like, you can only drive it at the ragged edge. How, well, so, how long is the, how long is the, the runtime? How long is the event? Uh, it's, it's eight hours each day. So two, eight, two, hour, two days. eight hour days. That's a lot. Yep. Yeah. And, and we're in uh, GP two. So it's not a super, super fast class. Like fortunately we're not in GP one. Like, uh, my buddies who run Big Mission Motorsports, they'll have a couple cars of GP1 and a, and a brand new N240IR out for themselves in GPO. So I'll be, we'll be in GP2. So we're going to be competing against, uh, have you heard of that company, NRG, that does those uh, eight sixes? Yeah. So there'll be yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. Uh, NRG eight sixes in GP2 and a couple other mid-tier BMWs and stuff in there as well. So hopefully, hopefully we do good. Yeah, I think we'll be able to, uh, as long as our pits and there's no mechanicals and nothing major happens, I think we'll be able to stack up pretty solid against the FRSs and the BRZs. But I think the uh, um, it is going to be a tough battle against other BMWs as it usually is, you know. And what BMW are you driving? It's what like a it? nine. It's I think it's like a 98. Like it's a 95 to 98. It's an E36 uh, coupe. And I believe it's uh, it's either a 328 or an M3. I think it's a 328 and uh, super solid motor. It's probably like uh, they've dynoed it, so they actually know, but I think it's like 160, 180 horsepower. Okay. So it's it's turned down on the top end on purpose to uh, mm -hmm. stay in GP2. So I was only running 208s, which isn't like mind-blowing by any means. And But when you consider, you know, how lightly built the car is, it wasn't too bad. That's not, I mean, that's – Five seconds faster than I go in my M3. What's that? A little arrow too, right? Yeah, it's got a um, yeah, it's got a small splitter, and it's got an old APR like GT 200 wing on it. And I do mean old. Yeah. <laughs> the well, thing is just, probably as old as the car. <laughs> when you've got to be able to do two eights, but do a two eights for 16 hours. That it's it's different yeah. to do a two eight to be able to do that yeah. for for that length of time. Yeah. That that changes things. And, uh, and with Giannis being a rally driver, uh, the car doesn't have um, ABS or a brake booster. So oh. it's kind of it's nice that it doesn't have a brake booster since it doesn't have ABS. 
but the car would mm -hmm. probably be in general a lot easier to drive with uh, um, with ABS. But mm -hmm. it, it works out because I mean, driving the car, I was realizing it's all about rolling speed with that thing, like roll. So like you start getting tire lock up, just let off of it. Just you're just rolling through a lot of those corners. It, mm -hmm. it can carry a lot of speed, but it's it is a lot different than driving the Subarus for sure, and even the Miatas. I mean, the Miatas were even feel they're just so much slower, you know. So there is a lot, of, a lot of potential with this car. Nice, well, fun. We no, we've yeah. talked about many things. So we should probably wrap it up here. And and heck, Tasso, you've got a little bit of a prep work to finish up by the sound of it. Yeah. So so good luck. Yeah. At, it lands in. Good luck at WRL. And yeah, man, Thank you. we will we will wrap it there. So well, I thanks very much. Oh, go ahead. I want. Ahead. I, I do want to throw out one honorable mention. Um, yeah. You know, I placed fifth in Unlimited, which isn't crazy. And I was in the top 10 for the most of the weekend. But it didn't feel like I was going that fast because I looked to my left, and it's Corey Ross, a Colorado guy. I looked to my right, and it's Adam Wood, a Colorado Subaru guy. And all around me are Subaru people. And I'm like, man, like, well, I'm beating myself up. Why aren't I going faster? Why aren't I going faster? You look on the other side of Corey Ross, and it's a 1,000-horsepower GTR, 650-horsepower, you know, Dewey's, Dewey's uh, Subaru. You know, 1,200 horsepower GTR, 1,400 horsepower Corvette. So I think the Colorado guys, we really, really represented well, I think, as far as the, you know, in the top 10 drivers overall. Nice. And it's just so cool to see. Uh, I think Adam Wood is 32 thousandths of a second off of me. Um, Trey, uh, Trey Tyler and his car, he got into the, I think, in the 202s out here with his VA. Like it was really, really bonkers to see just how deep the Colorado drivers were. And it's kind of cool to be like part of that at the same time. So honorable mention to all of our Colorado drivers who came out to grid life that really did represent very, very well with their cars. So once, once again, as, as Tasa would say, proof that, that Colorado is, is the number one motorsport state <laughs> in the country. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's right. That's right. I expanded it just now to North America from the country. So, because <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's even bigger. That's right. Yes, take mm -hmm. that, Canada. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> wow, we're we're all oh, sorts boy. of clickbait this time. Sweet. Well, well. Again, yeah. so thanks everybody yeah. for listening. Thanks for sticking around to the end. Greatly appreciate that as always. Go go check out the Lands and Hill Hill Climb. Go check out WRL. Check out uh, NASA. Just, just find motorsports and follow it wherever you are. And uh, yeah, until and go next time, go, go participate in it. Go participate mm -hmm. in it if you can. And if you can't participate, yeah. support it. And if there you can't go. support There's it, no reason outside your own head for getting out there and doing it. So just put that reason aside and go do it. That's right. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. Cool. And uh, yeah, until next time, stay tuned with Flatirons Tuning. See ya. See you guys. <laughs>